0: Well, it's uh, good to be together, and uh, today we're finishing up our series on the Upside Down Church, and I've been trying to uh, help us understand that the, that the early church was really upside down. They didn't do things the, the regular way that we might think is the right way. They actually did things a different way, and, and out of that, they had great results as far as spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that made them the, the church that they were was, uh, when it began, was their friendship. So I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, the importance of, of friendships this morning. Um, a few years back, though, uh, Pepper Rogers uh, was coaching the UCLA football team, and he was having a horrible season. And, and he said that uh, in a coach's life, it's really bad because, you know, you kind of bring it home. And, and so he was having trouble at home with his wife and everything. In fact, he recalls the day that he looked at his wife and he said, you know, I only have, uh, you know, uh, one good friend right now, and that's, and that's my dog, and I could sure, surely use another good friend and she bought him a second dog. Uh, You know, when you reach the level of of adulthood, you you start to really formulate uh, the importance of friendships. You know, when we're kids, we kind of have our differences and we're friends one day and not friends the next day. When we're adults, we really begin to see the importance of what it means uh, to have friendships and, and those powerful influences that come in our lives. Uh, your friends and my friends, our friends, to a great degree, uh, they determine the quality and the direction of our life. So the kind of people we choose to hang out with uh, is a result of really what our behavior is going to show. So uh, kind of birds of a feather flock together kind of thing. So it's really important that that when we are making friends and we're growing in our friendships, that we see the significance of having God at the center of those friendships. That that we're either bringing God into the equation to help a friend who doesn't know the love of Jesus uh, to become a person of Jesus, or we are sharpening each other that we are growing in those relationships because we are both in Christ. But chances are that, uh, like me, you probably... Uh, made some decisions by hanging out with some people that you probably wanna forget about, that you probably might regret. Uh, Most of us, I think, have accepted that lure at some time in our life to follow the the crowd, so to speak, and to make a decision that we normally wouldn't wanna make or that we normally wouldn't make based upon who we were. But because we were hanging out with friends or people that we thought were our friends, it, it led to some great challenges. So the question is, is why is that? Why is it that when we hang out with other folks, folks. Uh, why is it that sometimes we can have it all together and we can be uh, great friends and, and we can be making good decisions? And why on other occasions do we stray away from that? And um, it, it's a good thing that, that we uh, understand these things because the moment that we begin to make decisions when we're together, will say a lot about the friendships that we keep. Um, here's a little nugget of wisdom. It's one of the Proverbs. It says this, it says, become wise by walking with the wise, so become wise while walking with the wise. So it's kind of like by osmosis. If I'm with wise people, if I'm with godly people, then hopefully that washes over me and I become wise, I become godly. But listen to what it also says. It says, hang out with fools uh, and, and watch your life fall to pieces. So whenever you hang out with like, you know, the frat boys and stuff like that, your life can fall to pieces, right? So you hang out with fools and, and those things can kind of happen. But, but think about it for a moment. It really makes sense. If I'm hanging out with the right people, if I'm hanging out with godly people, if I'm hanging out with people who love Jesus Christ, then the odds are that, that my life is going to focus on those giftedness or that, that love of Jesus. If I'm chasing after fools, then my life isn't going to have as much of an influence as I had hoped it would. Uh, John Mason says this. He says that your best friends are those who bring out the best in you. So your best friends are the ones who bring out the best in you, not the worst in you, but the best in you. And he says, and I found that it's better to be alone than in the wrong company. Now this is is where it gets really tough because uh, if you choose the wrong crowd to hang out with, it's gonna breed disaster. When we, when we hang out with the wrong people, it's not going to lead to something that's good. And the words of the proverb are going to likely come true. If we choose to hang out with godly and wise people, then that's the influence that's in our life. If we choose to hang out with foolish people, then that's going to be the influence that's in our life. And that's why we need to remember that, that there's power in a positive friendship. And the positive friendships and the positive relationships are the ones we want to gravitate toward. Now, when we are in those negative relationships, we need to find something positive that we can bring into that relationship and help it. be restored. Now, I believe that all of us want to belong. We want to belong. Um, We want to be a part of something. We want to to be loved. Uh, We want to be cared about. And we want to build upon the kind of friendships that will have a lifelong impact for our life. And I really believe that that's what God wants from us. God doesn't want us to be loners. God doesn't want us to be out there all by ourselves. God doesn't want us to be disconnected from other people. God actually created us to be in community. God created us to be in community so that we could demonstrate love and kindness and compassion and goodness to one another. And that's really what brings joy to the heart of God. But the reality is in the United States today, we're often called a nation of strangers. Four out of 10 people in our country right now, uh, four out of 10 feel like that they just, um, they experience an intense feeling of loneliness. They feel like that there's nothing that they can do or nothing that they can aspire to, but they just feel very lonely. And our American culture produces people today that we can actually identify and gravitate with a friend on a TV show better than we can with our next door neighbor. So how do we deal with that? How do we become more closely related? Because to be a family and to be friends and to be others that care about one another, that's when we're in tune with our needs. That's when we're in tune with each other's hurts. That's when we're in tune with each other's desires. That's when we're in tune with each other's um, uh, goals that they have in life, the closer we are to one another. Uh, A little lady came, uh, well, I should say, uh, an older lady came and, um, excuse me, an older lady came and, and was uh, at, a, at a post office and she was buying some stamps. And while she was buying some stamps, um, there was a long line. If you've ever been to the post office, you know what that can be like, especially this time of year. And all she wanted to buy was two stamps. And she's waiting in line and waiting in line. Finally, after about 35 minutes, she gets up to the counter and the postman says, may I help you? And she said, I'd like to buy two stamps, please. And he looked at her and he said, ma'am, you know, we have some automated machines that are over there in the corner. If you will just go over there and buy your stamps, in fact, you can get them in books of 20, and it's a lot easier to do that. And she looked back at him and she said, I don't want to go to a machine because that's not going to ask me how my arthritis is today. You see, community and care is what's important. And that's why we relate to one another, and that's why we grow in our relationships together. Solomon was the son of the, of the great King David, and, and Solomon was touted as a man who had vast wisdom. In fact, um, he's responsible for most of the wisdom writings that we, that we read um, as part of God's story. And Solomon was, was talking about the importance of what it means to be in community. And listen to what he writes. Uh, this is coming from what's to be the wisest man ever. And here's what he says. He said, it's better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. By yourself, you're unprotected. But with a friend, you can face the worst. He says Can you round up a third? A three stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Are you seeing the metaphors? Are you seeing the imagery there? Solomon says that, that when we're together, we're a team, that, that we're twice, uh, twice able to handle any situation that comes. And if you've ever tried to handle a situation or a tough problem on your own, you know how difficult that can be. But when you have someone else that you can lean into or to lean on or someone who can pray into your life or someone who can actually help you out of that situation, you live into exactly what he writes here in Ecclesiastes. So when we build our friendships with people, uh, we want to uh, build friendships in people who love and live like Jesus. Now I'm not saying that we forget about people who don't know Jesus, We, we always want to be reaching out to people who don't know Jesus, but our trusted friendships, the people that we open our souls to are the ones who love and live like Jesus. And those are the individuals that we entrust into the inner circle of our friendships. So let me give you a couple of thoughts about what true friends and godly friends look like. And here's the first one. True friends are filled with the wisdom of God. True friends are filled with the wisdom of God. You know, there's two innate needs that every human being has. It's to love and what? What? It's to be loved. So to love and to be loved. So those are the innate needs that we have. uh, We need to be thinking about what that means and the wisdom that comes from that. Uh, Too often what happens is when we're desiring to love and to be loved, if we don't think very well of ourselves, and we begin to define ourselves by how we're feeling, we can fall into a trap and be misled by people who don't have our best interests at heart. They're not the persons who are going to bring godly wisdom into our life, but there are people who will bring deception into our life. So what we have to do is we have to remind ourselves that our self-worth is not measured by how we feel. Our self-worth is not measured in who we are. Listen closely. Our self-worth is not measured in who we are, but our self-worth is measured in Whose we are, we are created by God. We are sons and daughters of a King. We are royalty. And Jesus went to the cross. He died for our sins. He calls us uh, children. He calls us His own, His family. And when we begin to understand that that is the identity of who we are, that can help us to raise ourselves above the challenges that we normally would see in life. But you see, that's that's the whole piece of self-esteem, not who we are but whose we are. And acceptance is an integral part of friendship, but it's only one part. Jesus says that there's another central component, and a central component to our friendships is one word, and that word is love. So when we become friends together, we truly love one another. It's not a superficial, hey, how you doing? You know, it's, it's really a, I love you, I care about you, I'm interested in what's going on in your life. You can call me at two in the morning and I'll be there for you. That's the kind of love, that's the kind of care, that's the kind of commitment that it means to be in a God-centered community. And when we learn how to love one another, then we can live into Jesus's words that John talks about where John says this. He says, my commandment, Jesus says, is that you love one another just as I have loved you. So when we think about that, how are we to love other people? We're to love other people the same way that we see how Jesus loves us. And that's the kind of love that we have And that's why as followers of Jesus, we're to surround ourselves with people who have our best interests in mind. Uh, Because we wanna follow and we want to be in company with those whose hearts are in tune with the heart of God, who are making wise decisions by following Christ, who are loving each other and loving others as Christ has loved us. And that can only come from men and women whose hearts are focused on the heart of God. And that's where our deep, endearing friendships come. A godly friend uh, also holds the other one accountable. So accountability is a huge part of friendship. We can't just let our friends make bad decisions. We can't just turn a blind eye and say, oh, well that's just Ralph, uh, not Ralph who's here, but that's just Ralph or, or whoever, they, they'll be fine. A true friend is an accountability partner. We have to love one another to the greatest level of love like Jesus loved us and when we see someone getting ready to step off the map or to step off the wrong place or to make the wrong decision, we have to step into their life. When they're stepping off, we have to step in and we have to hold them accountable. You know, Paul would say that, that we don't like lord it over each other, we don't bash each other in the heads with, with Bibles and things like that to, to knock senses in, but that we love one another through those troubled times, and that we remind each other of what it means to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. So a godly friend is, is accountable. A godly friend is accountable. I want you to imagine with me for a second that, that you are the, the ruler of a mighty nation, Everybody in this nation looks up to you. What you say, how you say it, what you do, what you don't do, how you do it, what, how you don't do it, everybody's eyes are on you. And they are looking for you to be the moral standard of the nation that you are the ruler over, okay? So imagine that that's you and you're at that stage. So imagine that kind of ruling. Imagine all, in fact, at some point in time of life, people would look at you as the ruler and say that you are a person after God's own heart, that you are pursuing the heart of God in everything that there is about you. Now let's just imagine for a second that, that uh, you're, you're this ruler and, and all of a sudden you are on the top of, of your palace and you're just looking around and you're surveying your kingdom and you were just thanking God for everything that, that God has blessed you with in your, in your whole kingdom. But let's just say that now all of a sudden as you're gazing around, you see something. Now normally when you would see something that you know is inappropriate or that you're not supposed to see, you would kind of glance away, but this time something catches your eye. Let's say that there's a a beautiful woman who is bathing nude and you can see into her apartment, so to speak, and instead of looking away because you're embarrassed, I'm not supposed to see that, all of a sudden things start flashing in your mind and you see her bathing nude and the fact that she's bathing nude. Well, instead of pulling your eyesight away and saying, I shouldn't look at that, let me, let me do something else. All of a sudden, things start going in your mind and you start creating these, these scenarios, what it would be like to be with that woman, what the things that we could do in our bedroom together, the things that all these things that could happen, oh my goodness, and you're lusting for her and you're desiring her and you're trying to think of all the ways that you can be with her. Now, all of a sudden, the moral ruler Is walking the line are you following me the moral ruler is walking the line now you realize as you're watching her about how beautiful she is there's nothing wrong with admiring beauty but now you've turned her beauty into lust you've turned it into coveting you've turned it into sin and you realize that the only thing standing between you and having her is that she's married and it's to another man so you're commander in chief and you think about, well, all I have to do is take her husband and send him out into the battlefield of war and, and the enemy will kill him very quickly and then I can have her and nobody will know that I've done any of this. And that's what you do. You send her husband out into battle and he's quickly killed. And all of a sudden you put on this false front that you're weeping over her loss. And you, you're such a beautiful, nice person that you invite her into your palace. You invite her into your bed and you say to her, I will comfort you because of this great loss that you've had. Now, let's say now you forgot something. You forgot that you have a friend, a friend who knows you, A friend who knows the kind of person you were created to be. A person who has seen you walk with God day in and day out. A person who knows that you love God, but that that sin has entered your life at this particular moment and that you are making the wrong choice. But this friend loves you so much that he is willing to come face to face within you and call into question exactly what you've done. And call it what it is. It's sin. Now this friend realizes that as king... You can order his death like that, and you wonder, what's he going to say? But God speaks to you, the friend, and God says, you need to go to the ruler, and you need to let the ruler know what he's done. So here's the dialogue that, that you're having with the ruler. There are two men in the same city, one rich, one poor the rich man had huge flocks of sheep and herds of cattle. The poor man had nothing but one little female lamb, which he had bought and raised. And it grew up with him and his children as a member of the family. So see,